everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, we're flashing back 10 years to 2008 and the release of Tarsum Sings the Fall. Uh, he was only going by Tarsum at this point, but he's still the same guy. I think the movie he did before this was uh, The Cell was his first feature debut. Oh, and then he, that's the same guy? And then he went out and kind of yes. did this. He spent years making this movie. And then he made a couple studio properties in the intervening ten years. Yeah, to I bury. always forget that he did Mirror Mirror. <laughs> yeah, it was the Battle of the Snow White movies. Yeah. But yeah, The Fall came out in 2008 it stars lee pace and pretty much nobody else i've ever really seen or heard of yeah i looked at imdb and i think the guy who played charles darwin is the only one who still acts okay oh and the little girl i think i was looking up i think she just graduated from college for acting maybe oh nice so hopefully we'll see more of her soon hopefully she has all her teeth back (laughs) yeah (laughs) We've referenced uh, Lee Pace and the young girl in the film. Oh, man, that's a hard one. Cat. Uh, uh, Let's just call her Cat. She goes okay, by Cat. We'll Let's just Kat. call her Cat. You guys never heard the name Katinka? <laughs> Katinka? It's her last name that gets me. I can't even. Untaro. Name, it's Lara. No. <laughs> Katinka Untaro. Okay. Uh, they are the main uh, people in this film. Katinka is in a... She plays... Here, let's go by her. Alexandria. 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 She plays Alexandria, who's a patient at a kind of swankily-seeming hospital in the late... I guess it's probably the, the 20s. The, the the title card doesn't give... It says just a long time ago. Or once upon a time. Uh but, the Wikipedia. Um, 1920s LA. Wikipedia it yeah. says in 1915. Mm. Okay. Well, it takes place during early Hollywood, which is the backdrop-ish for the movie's opening. And kind of comes into play again a couple times in the movie. Um, but Lee Pace plays a stuntman who, um, in the opening title credits of the movie, has... Uh, experienced some tragic accident and uh, is put up at this hospital as well and by chance meeting him and Alexandria sort well they kind of I guess we're full spoilers for this right we we do full spoilers for this okay they they form a little bit of a friendship but Lee Pace I totally buy he's totally intrigued by her but he's also trying to manipulate her to help him kill himself. So you know your everyday friendship. Yeah. The, um, the stuff because the implications implication... are built upon the strongest foundations. <laughs> Guys, we just got super dark. I'm sorry. I need to call this out. <laughs> the implication of Lee Pace's injury is that he is now a paralyzed, a para- paraplegic yeah. from the waist down. Which apparently, like, he's not, he wasn't well known in this movie at all. So a lot of people on set, they made, like, people believed he was actually a paraplegic. (laughs) So, like, when the makeup artist, I think it was a makeup artist, when they went in and saw that he was the mass bandit, because they always thought it was going to be the other actor that started the role. 
Like she like freaked out like it was a miracle or something because he was standing. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and uh, Lee Pace plays Roy and slash the mass bandit in this movie. Roy uh, Walker. That's a Roy, that's a oh. dig. <laughs> I just noticed that. Oh. Wait, oh. his actual like that's his last. Yeah. Get, oh. get some get some tact, Tarsim. God. So the premise of the movie is. He's telling story to Alexandria in exchange for her to go find some morphine pills for him to murder himself. And, um, yeah, it's a pretty dark premise. And the movie actually, I mean, the finale of this movie gets pretty dark, too, where he's basically angry and starts murdering all the characters in his story. But this movie's like a little bit Wizard of Oz, a little bit in that it whisks us away to a fantasy place on that also that like the the characters in the story appear in the real world too yeah Mm -hmm. um sucker punch crossed my mind and while watching this movie this came before sucker punch but um i would actually love to know if Zack snyder was inspired by the fall i would also like to know how many of us have seen sucker punch Uh, i have big fan it's been a yeah, while. Yeah, Zach and I are actually the small group of people who enjoy the movie. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. I thought this was going to be something I could make Zach fun of, or make fun of Zach for. Guess not. Okay. Well, have you seen the movie? No, but I mean. <laughs> well, then you can't make fun of him. Period. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. It's America. <laughs> yeah, and we can judge you harshly for it. Um, you're Canadian, though. Yeah, you're Canadian. Get out of here. <laughs> We'll let Lauren tell us what she thinks about this movie. When's the last time you saw it since uh, you nominated it? Probably 2008. Okay. And? Um, I still enjoy it. It's like the reason that I was so intrigued by it in the first place, I remember, was just how beautiful it is. It's a very, mm-hmm. like, it's definitely one of those movies that I'm like, thank God I'm not more colorblind than I am already. <laughs> like, it's just so pretty. And the designs, I think it said that this movie was shot in like 28 different. I don't know if it was 28 different countries or just 28 different locations, but they didn't like build any sets for this movie. It was all real places and just the compositions of the shots and everything. They were always so beautiful and interesting to me. And like, there are some issues I have with the main story, like kind of how nurse Evelyn works in maybe a little bit, but overall I still really love the movie. Like this is, I'm trying to think of if I had seen Pushing Daisies first or this. But either way, this is one of the first things that made me lovely pace. He's great. And um, I've always loved movies that kind of play with storytelling within the world. Like, I can't think... I didn't think of Sucker Punch off the top of my head. I'm having trouble of thinking of some that are similar to this. But, like, another movie that always plays with story that comes to mind is 300. So that's at the top of my list for storytelling. But this one, and for some reason watching this, I kept thinking of Drunk History but yeah so i still enjoy it it's still a fun movie i love how it plays with the world and like how ben mentioned it would pull um pull things from the real world since it is the little girls i guess we're in her mind for the storytelling i don't know yeah i, I think assume so. so since like those people are in it oh yeah because lee pace wouldn't know the man although it could just be a mixture of his storytelling and what she makes of the story oh, I, if that makes well, sense. hold on isn't um wasn't the bad guy wasn't that the actor yeah but i don't think we she see his him, face though. till after she sees him yeah but okay. yeah i just always liked how it plays with conflating the worlds and everything i mean oh 
but the main reason I picked it is just because, like, I don't, did, John had you, or John and Ben, had you even heard of this movie? I had not at all. It's like, I, I really like the movie, but like, I understand that, I, or at least Ben, I don't think you liked it as much as me, but um, it's just one that a lot of people haven't heard of, so I like to bring it to the attention of people, I guess. So yeah, John. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I really liked it. Um, I think compared to his previous film, The Cell, it had a lot of similar features, extravagant costume design, really good set pieces. I liked that it was bigger. I liked that the scope was a lot grander. Like some sometimes, and I recognize that this film has kind of gotten uh, flagged for being too much of too much of a filmmaker's like. What's the word I'm looking for? Feel like he's like patting himself on the back, like a self-congratulatory, just kind of. Yeah, like he has this. I feel like this is the perfect type of movie to do that, though. No, no, and I agree. Actually, like, um, all the settings that they like. One of my favorite uh, parts of the movie is when he uh, Lee Pace talks about the bandit and the group, like going from place to place and all the like countries that they traveled. And it like like Zach said, they actually traveled to all those countries, and this and the shots are. Like, I said that. I know I have a really low voice, but it was. Me. Did you say that? I apologize. Sorry, Lauren. Um, Unless we both said something about it, I don't know. I'm just gonna let John look bad on this. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks Zach. <laughs> um, like the shots are like what a second long, but it just adds to that sort of sense of environment and the idea that this guy is telling a story to a little girl it just kind of i don't know enhances that aspect of it um so i thought it was great um i thought aside from the cinematography around centered around uh the environments the setting and the costumes i also thought the story was really good and really compelling i thought the chemistry between lee pace and uh cat uh was (laughs) incredible um there are two like tearjerker moments where um yeah the first one i i i felt myself like welling up but i never actually cried and i was really surprised and then it was like followed up with another tearjerker moment and then then the waterworks just like let loose and i was just like okay i feel better now you can be more explicit about what you're talking oh, about because we're spoilers oh yeah that's right yeah um shoot it was wallace wasn't it wallace Wallace the monkey. Oh, it. He was kind of in there in the range when things got pretty upsetting. Yeah, no, the first part was when, um, the first part was when I think she fell. Uh, when she was on the cabinet, like looking for more morphine, Mm -hmm. more morphine or whatever that morphine three. Yeah. Um which was inspired by a real moment on set. When uh they were rolling the body out and Alexandra like oh, real yeah. like thought that they're going to take him away to do surgery or whatever. Yeah, so she's, she's like they're going to chop you up. Yeah. <laughs> and it was so adorable but also so heartbreaking cuz this Lee kind of was a foil for a father figure for a long time for her and I, yeah, I, it was super sad, but I didn't quite cry at that. And then the moment after she fell, when Lee was worried that, like, she was, like, dead or something like that, I think that was, that was when I started bawling, because it was just, like, 
I think I guess I I guess I saw myself more in like Lee's kind of uh, shoes, and he kind of realized like what this girl had actually meant to him, even though he initially tried to manipulate her. Um, I'm going on. I'm ranting. I apologize. Yeah, it's fine. I definitely got some looks from my dog because I was bawling for a while <laughs> at the end. <laughs> yeah. So I and I guess the last thing I'll say is I'm surprised this film didn't do better uh, critically, not necessarily publicly, um, because it being a film that's actually also sort of about Hollywood and the film industry, like. Like, the Academy loves those types of movies. Like, I I couldn't realize why Hugo was nominated when it was nominated a couple years back. And then I was just like, oh, this is a movie about Hollywood? I get it now. <laughs> and Hugo was a pretty good movie, but, like, nothing Oscar-worthy, I would think. Um, Wrong! <laughs> so, okay, Trump. <laughs> yeah, so I... Uh, yeah, I was surprised that when I found out this... That, like, yeah, he was a stuntman... And like sort of like how much focus they gave to exhibiting the films and showing like I thought that was actually a really cool scene at the end when they showed the final cut of the film that he was filming. Yeah. And you do realize that there are some kind of like I think he kind of pulled from that movie to in his storytelling somewhat. There were definitely some yeah. like, moments that kind of crossed over. Oh, 100 um, percent. But John, besides the critics who reviewed this movie, nobody saw this movie. <laughs> no, yeah. fair, it's kind of like Sunshine. <laughs> fair Aww. enough. Well, but but that's the thing because like what critically how this movie do it got like uh, it has a sixty four meta score. Yeah, I get that. I think that's. I mean, the movie is all over the place, but I think rightfully so because it's being told by someone who is in and out of consciousness on various drugs and is being interpreted by a small child through a language that is her second language like i'm totally okay with how all over the place the the movie is at times but i could see somebody not being on board with that and um i think i think if the story is a little more coherent i think it could have made the movie a little bit better too um but uh it's visually stunning and I was actually worried about not liking the girl. I, I for whatever in the back of my head. Because she's an immigrant. Yeah, yeah. She. Um, Jesus. I remember her ignoring me. Zach's secret MAGA alliances are coming out in yeah. this episode. His whole Twitter feed is a lie. <laughs> Seems to. I seem to remember her possibly being annoying, and that was not true at all. She's adorable. Yeah, I mean, and... she fumbles like obviously for a good reason she fumbles over yeah. her words a lot but i think they play those scenes well no they're great and lee pace is amazing with yeah her. like you can tell he is just bouncing off her and uh the look at you I mean you he can't hide how like how wrapped up he is and how cute she is at at every moment when they're together and except when he's like explicitly angry and doing some acting, but there's so many shots of them just chatting on the bed where you can tell he's just cracking up inside with uh, her performance and her bouncing back off things he's saying. It's uh, it's it's really the best part of the movie, I think. Ben? Uh, so, this is my second Tarson Singh movie. My first was, like John, The Cell, 
which was actually... I'm surprised none of you have seen... Well, besides uh, Zach, have seen The Immortals. Oh, okay, so this is the third. I keep forgetting that he okay. did Immortals. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And you saw Selfless with me, I'm pretty sure. So you've seen all the Mirror Mirror. Yeah, you've actually seen more than me, probably. Wait, what? He did <laughs> Selfless, no, too? Yeah, we talked about this last okay, week. That, yeah. that there's was, there's was, evidence okay. of you acknowledging this You're, in the last right. podcast. <laughs> yeah, and just like... That's hey, so Zach, real, real, real quick, Ben. Zach, in the episode, can you actually put in like a cut from last week of Ben being like, oh, yeah, he also did selfless too. Just, just to do, yeah, you can just put in that. Well, um, I just, I, I totally forgot, but yeah, if I, if I did, I probably, whatever. Anyway, um... <laughs> it's not a memorable movie. Yeah, it's not a big it, deal that you forgot. Well, well, the thing that strikes me weird is like with at least um, the cell and. Uh, the fall those are both like visually they're just so appealing they're so gorgeous to look at and watch um and selfless was just like a generic action romp so it was a more no i mean i was excited for selfless because he directed it and then it had none of his style usual flair Um, Immor- Immortals. Still I mean, Immortals good. is a one of the best looking movies of the last Immortals ten years. Immortals still looked um, good, yeah, but it just it, does, it didn't feel as like fancy, fan- uh, what's the word? Fantastical as mm-hmm. these other two. Um, but so John was actually the one who recommended I see the cell, and I I agree with John. It's it's worth seeing just because it's such a visually impressive movie, and. I would say the same for this one. It's not it's not my favorite movie ever. I really did enjoy it. Um I don't think the emotion the emotional uh impact was as big with me as it was with you guys. Like I teared up a little bit um when when Pace and the girl were in the hospital room after she had fallen. That that hit me pretty hard, but the rest of the movie was I mean just kind of good but not great uh but i still think it is worth seeing because it is so it it is gorgeous it is absolutely amazing to look at from almost every scene uh like i there were a couple shots like when they pan over and there's all the the houses with the blue rooftops i think it's just a phenomenal shot um Overall, I really, really did enjoy this movie, but it's not... I wouldn't put it as, like, one of my all-time favorites, but I would definitely recommend it to others. High bar movies got to clear with Ben. Um, the... I I forgot how, like, funny... I like this movie's sense of humor when it pops in there. It's, like, very... Um, it's I guess, yeah. I don't know if it childish is the right word, but it's just very yeah, simple. Like, little... I definitely forgot that there was so much of a back and forth between the two of them. Like, when he would say something and she would just be like, why? And he's like, well, just you give us... And she's just like, that's stupid or something. And he would change <laughs> the story to in, like, a reaction to her. Yeah, I enjoyed how the story evolved and how they did that visually a lot. And I also, they, they do a great job of the, the story, just how little details get brought out over and over especially her backstory like how her dad got killed and they just i think they do a good job of parceling that over time to kind of let you know what she's dealing with as well it's not just a broken arm she's she has all this family trauma herself that she's trying to escape from and um and i think that's what makes that the scene on where she's on the operating table 
post op the most affecting scene to it seems for most everyone just because he's being so he's destroying her her fantasy that she was running away to i was gonna say that that scene where she is on the operating table with like the, the stop motion kind of puppet thing that was, yeah that kind of came out of nowhere that was freaky as hell I'm like, yeah i definitely is, forgot about that <laughs> that was really like it's well done and it just, it, it kind of, like, added to how dark this moment was. Because everything else in the movie is like, oh, so bright, so colorful. And then these just, like, really creepy-looking puppet guys are, you know, chopping this kid up. Oh, Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> the transition, though, to, like, I guess my big hang-up with the movie is I don't really buy Lee Pace's arc of the movie. Well, yeah, like, it, the resolution he came around very quickly. Yeah, yeah. But also for him to become so... I mean, obviously, I can't put myself in the place of someone who becomes paraplegic, but it, it seemed like he jumped to... Maybe it's because they were conflating it with the romance that he was maybe having. They also didn't resolve no, that I really well. I think she just... Oh, Did she the, the actress stay with or him the nurse? Or leave him? The actress? I don't know. Because there's it that was... she get he gets that like care package that's like us forever kind of thing, but then he's like, oh, she's lying, and then gonna move on. In, in the story, it turns into she's just gonna go back to you know it, she goes back to odious, and they conflate that with the actor, and I was a little confused at that moment. Well, yeah, I don't think she was gonna come back to eat pace ever or anything. He just had to accept that. But it was, it was why'd she get him. the why'd she get the care package? I mean, she then? still That's cared a, about him. They I were in so. love for a but while. There was like heart, they had hearty... a dog together. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think the the Hollywood ending, literal Hollywood ending, comes out of nowhere too. And like I love the homage montage of all these cool stunts things that yeah, happen. Actually, but... I would like your interpretation of that because like there was only one of those scenes where it was actually him doing things. So it's like, was that just a story the mom made up to make her feel better about where Lee Pace's character might be? Yeah, the, that's uh, kind of how took I it, took it. I didn't know the wiki. I don't. I felt like it was just like Tarsum being like, "Man, wasn't this an awesome time?" But then this movie isn't really full of. I mean, it's full of practical things, but it. I don't think the movie is an ode to like crazy stunt work of the past. I don't know. It well, yeah, but I'm just little... talking about like, where do you think? At the end of this movie, where does Lee Pace's character go from here? I I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's part of the problem with the movie uh, that you can that that keeps know, it that, from uh, being great for me. Well, I mean that kind of amb- ambiguity isn't necessarily needed uh, for for a good film, right? If anything, like the point well, ambiguity is never needed. <laughs> Um, I prefer more answers than less answers, usually. No, that's fair. I guess, yeah. I'm not I'm not upset that they don't explicitly answer it. I was just confused at how we got to this point without... Like, all of a sudden, every all these people are in a room watching these video... This, the, 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 the footage that they had. And then they get... Then it goes straight into this montage where, yeah, you're right, Lee Pace is seen doing some acting that his buddy that the luigi the real life luigi was kind of doing too and then it's this montage of 
actual clips from movies, then the movie's over. It was very abrupt, and I... I don't know. I kind of... Wasn't, like wasn't I said, I like... kind of interpret it as just the mom, like, maybe made that... Like, she's just imagining that he's doing all these things, but it's not actually him. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's an interesting interpretation. Because I don't... Like, that's why I'm saying, like, it seemed... The ending was too much of a happy ending for where his character was for me that I kind of feel that it could have actually been dark at the end and we just don't necessarily realize it. Ben, you were saying something? Well, I was just... I mean, it's... I I think I, I agree with Lauren where she's just, like, seeing uh, Lee Pace's character in all the stun work now. And that's just kind of... We don't know what happened to him after that. I, I kind of... And when I say scene, like, he's not actually the, the guy in those scenes, but that's what she just wants to see. But I, I I would have liked to know more about what happened to him after, even if it was sad. I would have just liked a clearer, more defined ending for his character. Well, he was an alcoholic, probably, so it couldn't have been that great at first. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they brought that into the story. Like, all of a sudden, he's just drinking everywhere. I was just like, where do you get that? (laughs) Care package. Yeah. Um, Ben and John, how did the the placebo twist work for you? Um, I was relieved. I was like, okay, good. (laughs) Like, I kind of was kind of checking the... uh, the progress bar beneath and i was just like man if they killed him off with like a third of this movie left um i just love that scene so much because he's like they're giving you sugar and the guy's just like what i i liked it i just i i went when it was happening i was just like there's no way he could be dead right now just because it's mm-hmm. like most like part of me would be like oh i don't know have you seen the new godzilla well part of me was like there's he no one else can tell that specific story so i was kind of i was pretty sure he was gonna be okay then then he was um i liked his reaction though i liked how he was just so angry it's like i can't even kill myself this is bullshit and yeah, like how he he wakes up and he it takes him like a minute to fully take in that he's still alive. Yeah, it's like, oh wait, oh god damn it. I think it was a good twist in just a way to like push the story forward. Like, how long could you delay like her screwing up? You know, like her first mistake was the three thing, and then she comes through for him on the next one. You know, like she gets him a whole bottle and. Uh, I just thought that worked well for the story to um, so it wasn't it didn't seem like it's dragging out the big reveal or like like him having to just get rid of her because she's not going to actually help him or whatever um, and then I totally bought into her wanting to help him too even on her own accord um, well, yeah when she when she falls trying to get it in the she, middle of the night she or whatever. felt so bad that she, that he couldn't sleep the first time and it freaked him mm-hmm. out so much he got so angry she wanted to get it right the second time yeah. quick question the guy she sees in the hallway that night that is what she bases the guards on 
Mm-hmm. What was that person? X-ray technician. X-ray. I okay. guess it was just like yeah, it was. That just was they... my guess, but I was like, did we have X-rays back then? Because again, I didn't know what time period this was. I guess. Well, I should have understood with the beginning of movies and stuff. But well, yeah. and that was. I mean, that was a great callback or kind of connection that like. Again, this is all the the entire story is being seen through the eyes of Alexandria. The making the the guards look like uh, the X-ray technicians, and then even just giving them like dog growling sound they effects. Were like hyena laughs. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> like it just added that sense of childlikeness to the whole story. Yeah, it's um, like, which what, I thought was really good. What's scary? Well, that guy I saw in the hallway was really scary, and dogs barking is really scary. So, boom, there you go. Hmm. That worked really well, I thought. What else stood out for people, or what uh, didn't work for people? Uh, killing a monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Wallace, which I didn't, I'm like, I'm stupid. I don't remember science things. So it wasn't until I was reading trivia earlier that I was like, oh yeah. But like the monkey was based or named after what's his face. Um, Alfred Russell Wallace, who like also came up with natural selection. (laughs) So it was kind of just like talking or like an, an allusion to how Darwin gets full credit for that kind of stuff. But he wasn't like the sole person who came up with it. Yeah. It was also kind of weird that Charles Darwin was like, that just kind of came out of nowhere, I suppose. Um, Yeah, it is weird, but you kind of just have to accept that he's just pulling stuff randomly, I guess. Yeah, well, and Charles Darwin pops up in fiction a lot of time. Um, I feel like he's a popular fictional character as much as he is a real person. I I Hmm. liked, speaking of like his associations, like I thought that group was really, excuse me, really cool too. Like the combination of having the silent Indian and Luigi and um, the African slave, all kind of stereotypical in their portrayals for sure. But I think that kind of added to the fantasy nature of the story, which I thought was really cool. Oh, and the uh, the mystic as well. That was a great sequence when the mystic like sort of died or turned into a map, and then turn and yeah, and then there was the. Uh, the mystic chant uh ritual and you saw the map like ink show up on his skin Mm -hmm. i i thought that was beautifully shot it was very prison break (laughs) (laughs) this movie actually has some pretty good cg in it like obviously they're using it for multiple times although sing says or at least likes to say that there is no visual effects in this movie but then elsewhere it's like but there are like 12 people credited with visual effects so it's yeah. probably very minimal I would yeah assume. i think all of his vistas and, but yeah it's just like little things like that map look really mm-hmm. really good you know um it's just like in the couple instances where it seems like they needed a little help it, it looked great i guess when you're spending uh not as cool. much money on that you yeah. can pay to get it right instead of fashioning like a hundred of those uh, x-ray costumes and the big battle <laughs> yeah. sequence at the end <laughs> um, that could have been cheap I want to look up where some of these actual locations are like that one place with all the stairs where Wallace yeah, that dies was really cool like the it looks like a what's that guy excuse me 
The guy who M- does the uh, MC weird Escher? stairs. Yeah, Escher. yeah, yeah. And that just everything's so perfectly framed in this movie. Like, I mean, Wallace falls like perfectly in the middle of that. You know, it's. A, I mean, obviously, it's a movie, but it it's just his Tarsum's eye in this movie is just. He finds the most beautiful shot every single time. It's there. There is not a wasted. Uh, a wasted moment in this movie. Does anybody else have anything they'd like to share about um, this movie? I'd like to call out Shazam for not knowing what the Beethoven song is that's in this movie. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how good Shazam is with classical music. I'm assuming really bad. <laughs> it's like, I just, but this is, I feel like it's a well-known song. Like, I've heard it before. I just, I, I still am just kind of floored with how gorgeous this movie is. Um... Like, even if I didn't really enjoy the story, I would still tell people to see this movie just because it looks so cool. It has been Tarsum's struggle his whole career. Yeah, I feel it's, yeah. I mean, I think part, it's like he's, he definitely seems like a style over substance kind of guy at times. But I'm also, I'm also like a big style guy myself, like a Baby Driver, perfect example. I love that movie that is, that is obviously style over substance, so... But I would argue that this movie has both style and sub- substance. And it does, at times, feel self-indulgent. That was the word I was looking there for earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, that doesn't take away from it being, like you guys have been saying, like breathtaking and uh, enjoyable to watch because all the scenes are just gorgeous. It, I mean, I guess it at times it, can't, it may kind of drag its feet a little bit but i think if you just slow down and like kind of appreciate the uh attention to detail that was made or just all the all the intention that was taken to to like you said zach frame up all those shots um i think i think anyone could enjoy this film so i i, I just had the nurse evelyn stuff make sense to me because earlier we were talking about how Lee Pace's character is, kind of becomes a surrogate father figure for her. And I guess Nurse Evelyn was kind of a mother figure. Like, she was always comforting yeah. Uh, yeah. Alexandria in moments. So I guess maybe that's why she kind of threw her into the story to put them together. Because to me, that was the thing that felt really out of place. Well, especially since she acknowledged that she knew about Roy's actual girlfriend. Cause like she says it at the end, right? Like I saw him in the, yeah. I saw her outside in the car. She's like with the other yeah, man. But I'm whatever. assuming. Yeah. You think she would have put her in there maybe to vilify her. Well, I guess it depends well, on what was, part of the story I, it is. She was yep. too busy banging that doctor every night. Yeah. But we only find that out at the very end, which I, is when she turns bad in the story again. I, I do want to <laughs> say though, that it's like style over substance. It's not like there is no substance in this movie. It is. I just, I think like you said, John, it, it doesn't, it's, there are times it does feel that way, but there are also times it does feel genuine and it's, it's a really good movie. It's worth watching no matter like, yeah, like you said, you could recommend it to kind of anyone really. I don't know if I'd recommend it to my dad, but he's more of a, like, uh, lethal weapon type of guy. He might like selfless. I can respect that. (laughs) In the repertoire of Sings movies. uh, Yeah, that'd probably be the one I'd recommend for him. (laughs) If I had to choose You like Ben Kingsley? You like Ryan Reynolds, right? (laughs) I think that's going to do it for the fall. 
I am glad you two enjoyed it. Yeah, that's always kind of like picking this one. I was like, I don't know how people react to it, but I like it, so I hope you guys do. Broadening Remember, horizons I, here. I picked it. Middle I picked Hancock, so you know, don't don't ever feel bad. About In all that. fairness to Hancock, I definitely enjoyed it more the first time than I did the second. I still enjoyed it, but um, I kind of felt bad dragging you guys through it when you didn't. Oh, we we all I think have picks that we feel bad about. <laughs> No, I don't feel bad about any of mine, but you I can't wait. You should feel bad about Speed Racer. <laughs> I cannot wait. No, no, Speed Racer. I think you guys might come around on Speed Racer. I Synecdoche, don't think I New York <laughs> is going to break you three. It's going to no, be great. My I feel bad pick is the Spirit, which is why I'm still debating if I'm going to make us watch I, it. I want to see that again. I, my, I need a reason. Okay, I good. Then the I'll spirit. leave it. I, I remember liking the Spirit. Um, I don't remember it. Next week, we're going back to Marvel Land. And Yay. reviewing Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, I am excited for that movie. Mm-hmm. And um, looking forward to see what Marvel's going to do in these um, three... Three? Or two? Two. Between There's the only two, two, two yeah, movies two. in between the Infinity War movies. What's um, the other one? Captain Marvel. Oh, that's right. But, I mean, that's a period piece. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's still I'm it's I'm pretty sure it's gonna be tied into, like maybe an end cap like Wonder Woman. Well, I feel like that's what this will do too. It'll just it'll end right before. Yeah, this is the one I'm definitely most intrigued to see how they tie it in, if at all. Well, and supposedly there was, one of the ads said the ending like is supposed to be like really nuts. Um, that's what they're selling it as. So interesting. That um, could mean anything. Yeah, this is true. They could be fighting. Yeah, it could just like mean he turns factory. really big. Or a bag of peanuts. It could be that he got really small and fell into someone's underpants. And... <laughs> <laughs> if you're referencing that stupid scene in <laughs> Kingsman, then... that is what came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you heard the theory that why they didn't want Ant Man in the battle versus Thanos, because he could just shrink up his butthole and then make himself big and kill him. <laughs> Or he could just like shrink and come, like get inside the gauntlet and expand, and I guess push it off. Yeah, that would have worked too. Succeed. Oh my god, that's so fucking stupid. What's his face? (laughs) Just you could just go. Why do we keep talking about going up people's buttholes and stuff? (laughs) It's an underrated fighting move. Um... Underrated effective. Apparently, it would have been. Wait, you you heard it are here. Are there per- any you examples that everyone. it actually happens? Z- Zach's preferred method of fighting. Um, Hancock used it. Let's what? see. He didn't shrink into anyone's butthole. No, he Nobody put someone's head yeah. up someone's butthole. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> uh, um, call me so, asshole one more time. So go rewatch all of the Marvel movies to get ready for <laughs> Ant Man and the Wasp. And. Uh, or you can just listen to our podcast, the, the last couple Marvel ones, and you can I be really, all caught up. I really hope the one ant is still around. There was his daughter's little pet at the end. It's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. I've been avoiding the trailers. Yeah. He, he's in a trailer playing rock band drums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it's got going for. Oh, my. Um, I just wish Antony was still alive. Um, yeah. Rip Antony. <laughs> rewatching Ant-Man this week. Michael Pena is just 
he's a treasure speaking of, of storytelling in movies oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i hope they don't overkill that I mean, they play it right there's only two in the first one so hopefully um i i, I they have to do another one in this one they but need him they need him in the battle for thanos we'll just <laughs> actually actually if okay how i have no idea if this is accurate but there's there's thoughts that the ending of this movie is going to take place in the quantum realm and the time jump between civil war and infinity war is going to happen during the final battle but since time is not relative they're going to come out in infinity war will have like the snap might have already happened oh, potentially. that is interesting but how great would it be if the post credit sequence is Michael Pena explaining what happened in Infinity War? If he survived. <laughs> oh my god, if he that, survives, would be, that... that would be so great. <laughs> that, that, that would be a super dark ending. They come out but and just half the there's, world's there's dead. No way, there's no way to present it with Michael Pena where you're not smiling. It's like half the universe is gone, but man, <laughs> yeah, this guy's fucking true. great. <laughs> I mean, you'd figure they, they're going to have to try to catch them up to the darkness of infinity wars ending in some capacity so we'll see um how they handle that that's what we want to go see it for so um and for more paul rudd and michael Doug- say, that's not the main yeah. reason i want no, to see it <laughs> no, that's not paul rudd michael douglas everybody was very so good in that movie uh go see ant-man and the wasp come back next week and we'll talk some more marvel for you um be full spoiler warning for all those films um not that they might be relevant but that's just how those episodes roll uh until then you can find some new gaming stuff reviews on middleofrow.com and you can find me at zach oldenburg wherever you can find at zach oldenburg i'm ben grigsby you can find me on twitter at the grigsby bear and you can find all of us in our gaming reviews uh, that we like the ones we just did. John and I just did one for Heavy Rain and uh, Detroit Become Human. And I also did my first PSVR review uh, for The Inpatient. Uh, you can find that on Middle of the Row through Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at Another Rahul J. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter so you'll get updates on when we post podcast episodes or any of our written content for the website, like video game reviews, film reviews, music reviews, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's uh, at Middle of Row. I guess we do have a lot of video game reviews right now because my last one was Unravel 2. Yeah, I was just it's like been our last three things. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, and I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofroad.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go see Ant-Man and the Wasp, and remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road. (laughs) 